Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, where we talk about all things related to post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress. This means the content of this podcast can be graphic, and if you suffer from PTSD or complex PTSD, keep in mind you could become triggered. If that happens, stop the podcast immediately and take care of yourself. You can always come back and listen later. I'm the guinea pig here, and it is my life I examine on Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. It is my hope that my trials and tribulations, successes and failures, will somehow compel you to examine your life and discover your gifts. Socrates exclaimed, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. This is a call to action for all of us. As a clinical social worker, this was my trade, my vocation. From personal experience, I can tell you, without a doubt, that what you don't know can hurt you. My entire life, I have been compelled to support and encourage people to grow, to boldly look within and courageously examine their lives. Shine your light onto those dark spaces and the solutions you seek will reveal themselves. Now sit down, relax, and listen to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, living with complex post-traumatic stress. I'm your host, Ray Erickson. I keep promising you that I will get this podcast back on track, and I want to make good on that promise. I take these kinds of things very seriously. What I mean is, when I make a commitment to someone, especially to you guys, I do everything within my power to keep my promise. That is one thing I learned about the Erickson clan. When my family makes a commitment, it is written in stone. For example, when my father proclaimed in a voice message that he would have nothing to do with me if I said anything further about this molest crap, well, he was a man of his word. He kept his promise with no apparent regrets until the day he died. The same was true for my mother and my older brother, John. There is only one brother left, and I expect him to stick with family tradition and silently slip off into the netherworld without saying goodbye. Does this bother me? Yes and no. The family's commitment to killing me off was one of the few things they ever agreed on. I guess you might say I was a unifying force in my family. I don't think any of them were surprised to receive self-help books for Christmas that year, books I specifically chose for each one of them because each of them played a specific role in maintaining the secrecy and their responsibility for the abuse. I got to hand it to them. Their decision was unanimous, and yes, it was their final decision. From that moment on, I was dead. I no longer existed in the eyes of my family. Dead, but not departed. It's the sadness that is most troublesome to me. It is exceedingly sad and humbling to be wrestled down from my privileged position as family hero, thrown into a gunny sack, beaten and pummeled by each of their fragile and now ruptured egos, then tossed into a shallow grave. I was dead. Dead, dead, dead. There would be no resurrection for Ray. No, 
In that fateful moment, I ceased to exist in their mutual mind's eye. That was the first day of the rest of my life. Well, I did what all good social workers do. I wrote them a goodbye letter expressing my sadness, my grief, and my hopes for them as individuals and as my closest living relatives. I sent this letter, and then I took two giant steps into my new life. And this came at a very good time. I had been a practicing social worker for about a year plus. I was entering a new and challenging position, treating adolescent sex offenders and their families. I had a strong and secure social support network, and I was newly in love. It could not have happened at a better point in my life. No longer was I carrying the weight of my family's secrets. My personal, intellectual, and emotional growth was incredible following this event. That was only the beginning, and there was much, much more I would learn about the lasting detrimental effects of growing up in an incest family. To this day, I'm still unraveling the spiderweb of lies and betrayals of my family. Since I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, this has taken me a long, long time. It was only a few short years ago I realized I had complex post-traumatic stress. And this awareness explained a lot of the confusion I felt for decades. It explained the emotional flashbacks with their characteristic emotional dysregulation. It explained why I had a lifelong struggle in relationships. It explained the strong desire and drive to build a committed, long-term partnership with the women I have loved. Only for that world to come crashing down with repeated exposures to the massive distress I was carrying. Yeah, I may be a little slow on the draw, but I know this about me. When I get something, I get it. My vision is clear, and I see the problem for what it is. Now, this is huge. This is why I am perpetually curious about life. This is why I continue to trudge on, even when it's nearly impossible to trudge anywhere. This is why I'm doing this podcast with the simple goal of helping myself and those of you who are suffering from complex post-traumatic stress. We never asked for this, but it is ours to deal with nonetheless. So let's help each other where we can. This modest podcast is how I'm choosing to make what my life has become and share my insights and understanding of the inner workings of complex post-traumatic stress. We are all in this mess together, so grab hold of a hand and put one foot forward. Together we stand. Together we heal. Together we prevail. It's that simple. We are not designed to go it alone. No matter where we are, we need connection and interaction with others. Without this, we fail to thrive. And without human connection, hope slowly slips away. This is where you come in and ease my strain, relieve my pain, and warm my soul. Everyone knows about the monkey experiences where baby monkeys were nurtured in every way except for touch. They were completely removed from the soothing touch of their family, and under these conditions, they failed to survive. You don't need to be the sharpest blade in the drawer to know what that means. We humans need and crave human connection, 
but we feel ashamed to admit our vulnerabilities out of fear of rejection. And if you have experienced rejection in your life, and I am confident that you have, then you know the depth of that pain. You know the power of that pain. And yet, you quietly hold that pain in, hoping your true self never gets exposed. How did we get to this point? How did we develop such powerful armor? How has it protected us? And how is it keeping us from reaching our potential, our maximum humanness? Well, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I am, to the best of my knowledge, walking this path for the first time, just like you. I stumble, I teeter, I fall down the hill, and just like you, I pick myself up and keep on going. Life does this. It is the nature of life to continually grow, expand, and explore. Well, you know, that pretty much explains how I ended up in living in Costa Rica. I stumbled and bumbled my way down the hill, then scratched and clawed my way back up the hill over and over and over until I landed here in a little casita on a hillside overlooking the central valley of San Jose, Costa Rica. Not to be confused with Puerto Rico, an island in the Caribbean, an island nation whom we, the U.S., have exploited and dominated for decades. Yet, blows my mind, they still want to be a state. I say Puerto Rico will make a very nice new state. They deserve it. They have earned it. And I hope to visit this little island paradise one day. No, I'm not in Puerto Rico. I'm in Costa Rica, a small Central American country sandwiched between Nicaragua and Panama. It is known for its bananas, pineapples, and their kicked-back Pura Vida lifestyle. This little paradise has been a stable democracy for 200 years. No other Central American country can make this claim. There are approximately 5 million residents, three-quarters of whom live in the San Jose and Central Valley. The climate is mild, and there is unlimited dining, arts, and cultural activities that attract a large number of tourists. But Costa Rica's real claim to fame is their beaches. There are hundreds of them on both coastlines, and anyone determined enough to drive cross-country can achieve that feat with an eight-hour drive, absent, of course, any geological or meteorological disasters. Life is diverse in Costa Rica, with the Pacific coast boasting the best in tropical tourism and high-end accommodations. And although I've yet to wander over to the Caribbean side of the country, I hear it is strongly Caribbean influenced in its culture and foods. It may be like driving to Bermuda. It's a totally different vibe and it has deep Jamaican roots. I look forward to making that trip soon. After all, time's a wasting and I ain't getting any younger. Life exists in the now, in this very moment. Pay attention. There are many things to learn from this single moment of your life, at least there's a lot of fodder in my life for exploration. So don't waste the paradise that is right in front of your eyes. Yes, you will need to slow down. And any way you can do that, it will have long-term benefits, not just for your health and safety, but for your peace of mind. Humans have become dialed into being human doings, 
and we are very good at this doing things thing. We are not so good at the doing the no thing thing. Fuck that. What a waste of time. What do you get when you do nothing? Well, usually nothing. There are many people who get nothing from nothing, and to a large degree, they are perfectly happy with this arrangement. Nothing frequently results in more nothing. But you and I are not nothing. We are not no thing. We are something. We are anything. And we are everything. We are more than the sum of our parts. And for anyone to become aware of the sheer significance of our individual existences, you must come back to the moment. The moment that is filled with nothing. The moment that clears the senses and coaxes us forward. We are human, and we are a remarkable, albeit highly self-sabotaging animal. We want to do good for others, yet we have the ability to destroy all life on this very fragile blue sphere that is randomly circling an average star in a vast universe. Life is simply too big to be nothing, and yet it may very well be a figment of our collective imaginations. Whoa there, that's that's too deep for this week. I'm going to table that idea for a later episode, okay? Anyway, back to paradise. I have lived in Costa Rica since December 15th, 2015. It will be six years this coming December. Seems like a lifetime. And I'm still learning the language, Spanish. You have to keep in mind that a 70-year-old brain has significant difficulty adapting to a new language. So I give myself a break. Besides, chicos are always gracious and patient with my pigeon Spanish. Yeah, I may butcher the language, but for the most part, I can navigate around Costa Rica relatively easy for an old futz. Besides, I don't really go anywhere. <laughs> but I am planning to get out more often to see places I have never seen and revisit places I am craving to return to, like Uvita and Dominical in the southern zone. When I first came to Costa Rica, I had moved to Uvita after spending nine glorious days with my now current wife at her home in San Jose, where she invited me to stay with her, her mother, and her then-adolescent son, who was attending university. After nine glorious days, I packed my bags and took a bus to Capos, where I was met by another friend I met online while planning my four-month trip to Costa Rica. The original plan was to house-sit with this person in a platonic friendship for the majority of the time I would be in Costa Rica. This worked out great for me, until I actually moved there, where I soon discovered that this friend was a very difficult person to be around. And besides, I was becoming quite attached to my new friend from San Jose. It didn't take long for this woman and I agree that it would be best if I were to leave. So, I did what any gringo stranded in a strange country would do. I called the first woman and asked her if I could come back. She graciously offered me a place to stay, along with a plethora of fringe benefits. We hit it off as, as good as we could, given each of us understood less than half of what the other person was saying. Somehow, we managed to communicate. 
It just took a lot longer than if either one of us spoke the other native language. Language be damned, we fell in love. Her with me, and me with her. It was both of us, and it was hot, and it was steamy, and it was very satisfying for her and for me. It was jungle love. It was an incredible rush, and a bicultural crush. So that is where I spent the next four months, living with her, her son, and her aging mother who needed significant care. It was immersion into Tico life. Well, that was then, and this is now. Not all things in paradise are meant to last, but all things experienced are meant to promote growth and development. And this was a spectacular learning curve. Living in the city was completely the opposite of living in a sleepy beach town. I quickly realized that San Jose, Costa Rica was, without a doubt, the noisiest place I have ever lived. And I am reminded of this each time I drive into San Jose. These are completely different living experiences. Living in the city or living on a hillside in the country. One of the quietest places I have ever lived. Any way you look at it, I have a pretty good situation here. Other than being on my own, basically single again, and dealing with the repercussions of the complex post-traumatic stress and the mind-numbing pain of breaking up with the woman I thought I would be with until I died. I've been vibrating due to this loss for nearly a year. And the good news is, it is finally clear that there is no path towards reconciliation. And this is all right. It's okay. It has to be all right because it is what it is. What is really sad for me is the lack of healthy communication between her and I. There's not going to be a nice and neat and tidy wrapping up of our experiences with each other. It's just ending with little discussion and virtually no accountability on her part. I understand where she's coming from given her attachment style, her history, and her deeply held beliefs, which remain just below the surface for the vast majority of our relationship. The vast majority of the past 12 years are simply snipped out, as if they did not exist. This may work for her, which I'm sure it does, but for me, I need to at least try to clean up the mess and salvage as much relationship that as possible. And in order to do that, we need to be friends. Friendship is important to me. In fact, it is the most important quality in any relationship in my personal life. Friendship means there is an unconditional acceptance for whom each of us are. Friendship means there is safety in the relationship, that there are no topics that cannot be discussed, total acceptance and total compassion are the foundation of any friendship I am engaged with, which makes me a pretty picky guy. My standards are high. They're also high for me as that would-be friend. I do not wish to disappoint or let anyone down. My word is my bond, and I make every effort to be the friend that I want them to be for me. And I pay attention to these qualities. If a friend were to unselfishly offer me the last cookie, I would feel honored and validated through their generosity. I do everything in my power to back what I say and back what I do, 
Integrity for me is a highly valued trait, and yes, I have not always lived up to my own standards of integrity. Usually, the most disappointed person under these circumstances is me. I let myself down when I let a friend down. Then there are times when I'm so out of it that I have no room available for anyone else, and I shrink away into that dark place where I sit, solitary and alone in my inadequacy. But, like always, time heals and life goes on, hopefully in a more suitable fashion, with a few more laughs and a few more good times to cherish. This is the real gold in life. The gold that is mined when two people decide to be friends. The gold we courageously extract from those deeper levels within ourselves. The parts of us that may not have seen the light of day for many years or even decades. Friends are what help people like you and me get through the day. Friends are what motivates me to get up in the morning and take care of business. Friends are at the heart of all true peace. I'm striving to be as good a friend to myself as I am with other people. To do this, I must recognize my vulnerabilities. I must recognize my limitations. I must also recognize my strength, endurance, and perseverance, because without each of these traits, I would not be here at this moment speaking these words to you with the simple goal of touching your heart and waking you up to the wonder that is you. The wonder of life and this incredible opportunity to go out there and live it. You got that? You, me, everyone needs to go out there and live our lives. Live our life to the best of our abilities. Live our life to the maximum experience possible. Now this varies for everyone. But it is our duty and our obligation to ourselves and the next generation to become the best you the best me, the best we, that we all can be. Whatever it is for you, that is what it is. Now, life is difficult. It's fucking hard. This is no secret. Life can be a real Debbie Downer. Yet, somehow, the vast majority of people pick themselves up and get back to trucking on. What else are you going to do? Stew in your blue, blue suit? That may be fine for a while. In fact, it may be just what the doctor ordered. The examined life includes all of those times when you and your life lacked any luster whatsoever. Those times when you crawled under the rock as opposed to pushing yourself forward. Sometimes we get caught up in the current of our life's river and our needs are met easily and effortlessly. Then there are other times when the river is raging and the only way to survive is to surrender to it. Accept it on the grounds that it is happening and move towards safety, security, and integrity. Somehow we manage. Somehow we survive and go on. And sometimes it feels like we must die in order to be born again. So we die and we are born again. Humans are constantly growing, changing, and impacting the world around us. There is no mistake about our impact. We are the best and we are the worst of all creatures ever to inhabit this planet. And, with any luck, 
We will outgrow our narcissistic and delusional ideas of what gives us power and control and wake up to the beauty that we are and the beauty that surrounds us, regardless of where we live or where we go. It is me who has to be the difference, and it is you who needs to be the difference in your life. When you are there for yourself, then you can go out and benefit others, keeping in mind that you can only help those who are willing to help themselves. Many people are afraid of this transition to a higher consciousness and a more pristine view of humanity and the world. Me, I've always been a glass-half-full kind of guy, so I am naturally drawn to the positive traits in others. I would hope that I'm projecting my positive traits as well. That doesn't mean we don't deal with the shadow. The shadow absolutely needs to be addressed, faced up to, and have light shed upon it. Where there is light, there is shadow. You and I are comprised of both of these elements. That's which shines and that which conceals. We are the light and we are the darkness. Just like the real world, there is day, there is night. It's up to us to balance these two forces and to do what we need to return to the moment we call now and live there for a while. Simply be and see what happens. Too many of us are human doings, and it's killing us. Just watch any news, and you may begin to have doubts about yourself. But don't let those talking heads convince you that you are powerless and have no control. Control is very much in your hands, but that control applies only to yourself and nobody else. The only person you have any power over is yourself. I know most of you realize this and are on the path of healing. Otherwise, you would not be listening to me at this very moment. I want you to know that it is critical to embrace all of you, every stinking little bit of you, and practice self-acceptance and practice self-forgiveness, humbly and with sincerity. Do it now, before it's too late, before your cynicism exceeds your ability to love. Please, don't let that happen to you. You are beautiful, just as you are, and you are strong, resilient, and powerful. No, you may not be faster than a speeding bullet, and you may not be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, but you are remarkable in your own unique way, and you light up my world when you open your heart to love. Love that comes from the heart of your soul. Love that casts out the shadows of grief and calms the waters. Love that does not direct, but accepts each path as sacred, honoring the struggles and joys of life. It is much better to be optimistic and see the glasses half full. At least that's what I've done throughout my life. I've always been able to come up for air when I needed it the most. The light within you is your life jacket, and I know it may not seem like it can hold the entirety that is you, but it does what it does, and you move forward, forward towards a new day, a new way, a new you. There, you've done it again. You've wasted another 30 minutes of your time listening to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica living with complex post-traumatic stress. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to today's episode entitled 
CPTSD, and My Expat Life. Now, before I go, I want to thank my sponsor, Out of My Mind Art, the Etsy shop where you can get magic for every occasion. Check it out at Out of My Mind Art. That's www.outofmymindart.com. I hope everything is going well and that each and every one of you have a blessed day. If you are listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to rate, comment, or review Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, then please let your voices be heard. If you would like to email me at ray at rayerickson.com, that would be great. I will get back to you as soon as I can. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening to the stories of my fucked up life, then please share this podcast. Sharing is caring. So, until the next time, be courageous, be strong, and be kind. I'll catch you later. Bye.